Hello and welcome to the favorite series brought to you by My Entertainment World. I'm your host, Kelly Bedard, and today's episode is really exciting. When I was first coming up with the idea for the favorite series, I had this list of sort of dream episodes that the series was really based on. And one of the ideas that I had was uh, pairing these two amazing women together. Um, one of our writers, Lita Brillman, who does our Survivor recaps, um, she's also a prolific podcaster, and she, her, when she was first coming on board um, to do some of our Survivor coverage, she sent me a test article, and it was this like really long, like beautiful essay about her favorite Survivor contestant of all time, who is uh, Jerry Manthe, the original reality TV villainess. Like she, I remember before I even watched Survivor, I was a kid, and like someone coming to summer camp and being like, "Oh my God, there was this woman, Jerry." talking about Survivor. And she was, the first time I ever heard the word Survivor was in the context of Jerry Manthe. Um, and Lita has always been steadfast about her views on Jerry and her legacy in um, Survivor and reality TV and TV in general. Pop culture sort of through the years has been largely defined by our concepts of heroes and villains and that so goes back to Jerry. And Lita wrote this beautiful ep uh, essay called She Wore the Black Hat. And when we published it, Jerry noticed it on social media and she tweeted out, I have got to meet Lita. I feel so understood. Um, and so we had her meet Lita. Uh, so that's basically the premise of this episode is just one of our favorite people talking to one of her favorite people. It's the heart of the series. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy the interview and I'll see you on the other side. All right, so we are here today with Jerry Manthe for My Entertainment World. Uh, Jerry, as many of you know, is my favorite survivor of all time. So I am really excited to be here talking with her today. Jerry, how are you? Hi, that's such a nice thing to say. Oh my goodness, I'm honored. <laughs> it's, it's so true though everybody knows I've been watching the show um I was six years old when your when your first season aired in Australian Outback and um I've just always been very taken with you and since I've gone back and rewatched a lot of the seasons um it's it's always just really stuck with me as somebody that uh was just so fascinating and I think Survivor has changed so much what I want to know from you is um how you your first season was really before um, social media was a thing at all. And I'm interested in hearing how you heard about the reaction to you or if you were aware of the reaction to you after the Australian Outback. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, things were very different back then. Um, <laughs> I used to um, get together with a really good friend of mine every week to watch Survivor. And, you know, it was only the second season. I really didn't know what to expect, to be honest with you. I had no idea. Um, but I was always very surprised when I watched the episode. So it was always the first reaction was just watching the episode and see uh, what snippets they used and how they edited things together. And sometimes how it was not 100% accurate or true to how things happened. Um, mm -hmm. So that was always my first indicator that there was something crazy about to happen. But um, back then, the way that uh, people lashed out at us um, on the show was, believe it or not, the tabloids. That was the main way that people vented about stuff and, you know, shared stories and gossip and 
you know, it was, it became a thing like every week on my way to my friend's house to go watch the episode, I'd stop at the grocery store and get a bottle of wine and buy all the tabloids. <laughs> and then before the show would air, I'd sit down and read all the tabloids. And it really was after episode two, I believe, um, when I outed Kel for having beef jerky and called uh, Keith, the chef who couldn't make rice. That was the episode that really defined what was going to happen that season um but then the internet started to take hold and there were several websites that people created back then that were all about you know spoofing every episode there were cartoonists that would do like cartoons there were chat rooms um it yeah it was a very different world back then (laughs) but uh, I was always very shocked like sorry go ahead Yeah, I was always very shocked because, uh, you know, watching the episode, I'd be like, I don't know, that's not the way that happened. Or, you know, I didn't say that to that person. I was talking to someone else or just little things, you know, um, that I would pick up on. But yeah, I think people forget how popular, like people can't even conceptualize how popular a TV show was back then that you guys were household names that celebrity magazines would actually report on you. Yeah. No, it, I mean, just to give it a little bit of um, perspective, uh, we basically beat Friends, the, the TV show Friends, in their final season on in the ratings. Like, everybody was watching Survivor. That's the show everyone was talking about every day. Was yeah, and, and people didn't really understand as much that concept of editing, and there's so much talk now about how not everything that you see is real. But I think one thing that I really focused on, I I did write a piece about you for My Entertainment World that will uh, put the link in um, at at the end of this episode. But I, I think one thing that I really focused on was just how much people weren't ready for this. People weren't, they weren't media literate in terms of reality TV. So did you find that there was any shift in the reaction to you between uh, Australia and All Stars, and then between All Stars and Heroes versus Villains. Oh, uh, well, first of all, I have to give you kudos for that article that you wrote. That was probably the first time I felt like anybody really truly understood uh, what I went through in the context that I went it went through it in. Um, you know, I think everyone should know that that's actually how we originally contacted each other because I was completely moved by that article. I shared it with everybody. Um, It was just so real for me. It brought a lot of stuff back. Um, I really appreciate that. Oh, no, it was great writing. And it was just so insightful. I can't. Did you say you were six years old when that that season came out? Yes, but I I wrote that after uh, going back and rewatching. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I would hope so. (laughs) Um, but yeah, the differences between the show from when I first did it to all stars was already pretty, you know, very distinctly different. Um, I guess more in terms of how it was shot there, you know, there were times when they would be like, okay, you guys, uh, know you're tired and you just walked down the beach on the way to tribal council, but we're going to get that shot again from the helicopter. So if you guys would just go back to camp and walk back down the beach, you know, and we were all starving and tired and could barely walk across the beach. Uh, the All-Stars was um, 
the worst experience of my life, honestly. It was absolutely <laughs> horrific. Um, but yeah, in, in Australia, they we never no one ever said go back to camp and walk back in this direction like if they didn't get the shot the first time they just didn't get it and I think there's a a real raw uh, sense a real feel from in that season if you go back and watch it now the production value is very different as well but then the um heroes and villains oh my goodness there was you know we got checked by medics almost daily uh, which was really interesting. Before we cut ourselves or injured ourselves, we were pretty much on our own to figure it out, unless it started to become an infection or something that was life threatening. But for the most part, if you scratched yourself and hurt yourself, you were on your own. But in Heroes and Villains, they were very careful and made sure that none of us was experiencing any, you know, medical discomfort, which I thought was very strange. <laughs> And um, it just felt like there was way more food. And <laughs> I don't know. It was it was a completely different experience. Um, and, I, you know, I felt like because I had played twice before, I knew a little bit better how to play the game. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, huge differences between those three seasons. And what about uh, when it was airing? Like, how different was it? the public responding to you between those seasons um, or was it pretty similar? Cause you had such a stigma going uh, into all stars. You know, I, I mean, the first time, obviously nobody had any idea what was going to happen. None of us did, even the people watching the show. <laughs> um, and then being villainized to the degree that I was, which anyone who goes back and watches it now is just like, what did, what did Jerry do? That was so bad. I don't understand. <laughs> because we didn't, we didn't have any frame of reference. We'd never seen a woman be like rude on reality TV before. Yeah. And I don't even feel like I was rude. Really? No. I mean, um, everybody was, but they just chose to show the particular moments with certain music. Yeah. Yeah, or the the uh, cutaway shots of you know a black widow spider in a nest, mm -hmm. or a snake eating a rat, or something. <laughs> it's like, yep, it was pretty blatant editing. Um, but you know, I, when I did the All Stars, I really was hoping to use that opportunity to change people's minds about me because you know I'm a I'm a very caring, nurturing person. It was very hard to watch what happened the first time around and people's reaction. It was very painful. Uh, but the All-Stars, I thought was going to be this great way for me to show the softer, kinder, gentler side of Jerry, but people were not ready for that. They were, they hated me right off the bat. Like there was, I couldn't do anything right on that season. And that mm -hmm. was very hard. I mean, the, when I got booed off the finale and I just, I walked out of there, I was, I'd had it. I was done. Um, yeah. But then Heroes and Villains, um, I kind of went into that with one goal in mind and that was to win. That's it. I didn't, I didn't care about being on TV or how much camera time I was going to get. You know, I just had a very different focus. And I think uh, that's why I did so well in that season because I had a more clear idea of what I wanted out of it. Um, yeah. And it was more attainable than, you know, trying to change the public view or opinion of who I was. And I think in the process of just relaxing, being myself and doing what I needed to do, people um, were more accepting 
along with the fact that most people who are watching this show probably were too young when I played the first time to have even seen it. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. And, and I also think um, part of it was just that I think a lot of people wanted you to win just based on your gameplay. I think there were obviously uh, a certain amount of Russell, Sandra, and Parvati haters. Um, and I think that there's a strong contingent of people that believe that you would have won if you had made it to the final three. Do you feel that way? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can ask any one of those. Well, probably not Russell. He'll never. <laughs> he, he has a problem with truth. But anybody else, you, if you ask them, yeah, 100% if I'd made it to the final three, I know I would have won. That's why it hurt so bad not to make it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think part of it was your gameplay. And I think there was also sort of a renaissance in how you were viewed just both through the lens of we now have had so many terrible people on TV that are going back and watching Australia, like you said, we're like, what did Jerry actually do that made everybody hate her? But also I think that there um, is maybe more of a, a cultural tolerance of like, we we like women who are strong and sometimes that means being a little bit mean. That's why Parvati was so popular. Did you feel that coming off of the season? Did you see a lot of positive reaction to you after Heroes versus Villains? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people still ask me, um, you know, oh, who'd never seen it. They're like, well, were you a hero or a villain? And I'm like, I was a villain. They're like, whoa, really? Like, they just can't <laughs> believe that I would be a villain. <laughs> yeah. But I, it, I think all of the things that you're pointing out are absolutely spot on. I mean, people have just, the TV's changed. People's perceptions have changed. The world has changed. Um, it's not as easy to point at someone and make them a villain just because they're a woman anymore. It, it was just too easy to do that in the past. Um, and I think with all the seasons that have happened, honestly, like people have really gotten to see what a real villain is like. You know, I, I think one of my favorite lines that I said off of Heroes and Villains was I felt like Mother Teresa next to those people I played with. I was like, I'm yeah. not one of them. I'm not. Um, but I, what I found really interesting about Heroes and Villains was how the heroes actually ended up looking very villainous and very yeah. shallow and petty. And um, it, it, again, it made me, it made it easier for me to really just, I kind of look more like a hero than I ever had before. I mean, I definitely feel that people's perception changed greatly after heroes and villains. I just wish I would have won. That would have been yeah. the best. <laughs> Yeah. How did you find the strength to go back after having such an awful experience in All-Stars? Oh, I, I don't know. I think, honestly, like I said, I, my focus was on the money. I, I was just at a point mm -hmm. in my life where there was a lot of change happening and I was kind of restless. Um, I had just lost my only pet. My, my dog passed away. I was just like, what else am I going to do? I'll sure I'll go back. And I, and I'm this time I'm going to win so I can come home with a million dollars and, you know, pay, pay off my house and, you know, move into the next chapter of my life. I had a lot riding on that season, to be honest with you. It really, it not to win was really difficult on a lot of levels, but I still have nightmares about it. That last challenge where we were blindfolded, I was like two inches away from having a million dollars. Ugh. That was horrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I do think that people have really lost sight of 
the re- the very real factor of the money. I think Survivor has become this thing that people, everybody who plays now has watched since the first episode, since they were kids, they don't know a life without Survivor. So they play, I think, a lot more for the glory than for the money. Whereas if you go back for older seasons, people will say, oh, I'm not going to vote for that person because they don't need the money. And that's not a factor anymore. Yeah, it's, I guess it's also because a million dollars is not that much money anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It does doesn't really go that far anymore. Um, I I think it's sad, honestly, when people do reality shows to be famous. I, mm-hmm. I it's just not. It's not. First of all, it's not going to help your acting career anymore. It's. It was very hard for me to transition because I was already an actress before I did yeah. Survivor, and it was almost harder for me at that point to get work than it was previous to me doing that show. Um, And now there's just so many reality shows that, you know, unless you're just going to do the reality TV circuit, which, you know, you could do that. There's some money in that, but it's very short-lived. And people in Hollywood just really scoff at people who do reality TV. You'll never get taken seriously. Um, There's just not the amount of money in it anymore either. Like, um, we used to get paid a lot of money to go sit in a mall and sign autographs in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah. Just don't do I that remember. anymore. <laughs> yeah. When I was 10, I cried because Ian Rosenberger from Survivor Palau was signing autographs at the zoo in my hometown. And I had to go visit my grandparents that day. Oh my God. It was, <laughs> it really was like, uh, they were celebrities to me. I mean, you were, you were a celebrity to me. I still have, uh, Posters of Ethan Zahn and Stephanie LaGrosa in my childhood bedroom. Aww. <laughs> yeah, we had um, a very different culture at one point. It, now it's just very watered down. Um, I I couldn't pick most survivors out of a lineup, to be honest <laughs> with you. It's, it's all the yeah. old school folks that, you know, we still keep in contact with each other. Quite oh, yeah? a few of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I met some amazing people. Uh, from a lot of those earlier seasons. And it's also because back then there weren't as many of us. So there were literally companies that would fly us all off somewhere to do a conference or some, you know, team building exercise for their company retreat or like just random things that they would literally pull all of us together to do together. And that's how we all got so close to each other. Like, And th- that's why the all-stars was such a personal season for a lot of people and people got their feelings hurt because we were we were actually friends back then we we all loved to hang out together but now there's just so many of them I don't even know how many survivors there are now but it's I can't even I can't even imagine a lot (laughs) (laughs) yeah if anybody Um, could do a reunion with every single survivor that's ever been on this show that would be Oh my gosh, that would be a wild party, I'll tell you right now. But <laughs> it would be so much fun. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're at the point where, you know, unfortunately, people who are on the show so long ago, I mean, we just lost Rudy, um, which was a huge loss for the community. But we're actually at the point where we feel like we've lived entire lives with these people. It feels like a personal loss when we lose someone. Oh, yeah, that was that was really sad. We, I remember when we voted Rudy off of the All-Stars, we all cried. We were all bawling our eyes out. Yeah. And he was such a crusty. He was so crusty, but he's like, you better not vote me off. Like, he's, <laughs> he was so funny. I mean, 
such a such a badass. I mean, honestly, I think he was what in his seventies, eighties when he did the All Stars. Like he was up there. It was like it had to be seventies, yeah. I guess. Um, and he was in it. He was like he didn't care that he hurt his ankle. He was like, I don't care. I'm fine. You know. And we're all like, no, <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah. yeah. Um. Did you find that All Stars really like you said you were so close with with some of these people did all stars really break that up? Uh, I think it was, I think it was maybe the beginning of the end of a lot of friendships, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reality that despite the fact that we all cared about each other, that if we were pitted up against each other, it would be a cutthroat situation, regardless of your relationships. Um, I, I was a little more accepting of the fact that, that, you know, that's just the way the game is. It brings out the worst in some people. And, um, you know, some people just had a hard time separating that friendship and gameplay. It, it, I, I still to this day, honestly, I believe that th- there are just certain things that are not necessary in the game of Survivor. Or on any reality show. You don't have to get ugly and mean and personal about things. Like, in, yeah. there's still a way to play that game and be strategic and be likable and still have respect for your fellow game folks. But it, it's like, I don't know, there, there's like, I don't, it seems like the desensitization of the world with video games and movies about killing people and like all the horrible things that happen in the world have like desensitized people and they just get on these shows and go at each other's throats. Like I, I just, I try not to watch stuff anymore that where people are that evil towards each other just because they're on TV and they think that it's cool or I, I don't, I can't figure it out. I just, I just know I don't watch it anymore because it's, it's hard. There's enough of that in the real life. I, I don't need to see it on TV. <laughs> so have you heard at all about what's been going on on the season of Survivor? Um, bits and pieces. I did hear about how those girls used the, the hashtag Me Too situation to like get someone voted out, which I think is pretty crappy. Yeah, so they did, but that guy really did... Um, touch people inappropriately it just wasn't them and uh, so they sort of used it to their strat to their strategy but it, it is interesting because a lot of comparisons to all-stars have been drawn now um, with the Richard and Sue thing and it's sort of being treated a lot differently now in this current era of Me Too than it was back then oh I'm sure yeah everybody's much more sensitive to it now and I you know I like I said I'm not really I'm not watching this season for a lot of reasons but um <clears throat> yeah, I heard about it and I was just kind of disgusted that that even became a part of the show. Um, you know, I, I think it all starts kind of with the casting process. Like, I, I don't know uh, why you would even let somebody be on there who's creepy or if, you know, and it, I, who knows? That's the thing, too. Like, who knows if he really did touch anybody inappropriately? Who you don't know yeah, unless you're you're they there. They actually do have video that they showed. Um, but yeah, because again, is- editing and storylines and all that kind of stuff could be trying to lead down that path to cause controversy so that everybody freaks out. You know, marketing. 
and it's just the the world of media now is so manipulative. I'm always skeptical of believing one side or the other wholeheartedly without actually being there. Of course. Yeah. I only bring it up because I do fully agree with what you say about how there are things that should be completely outside the bounds of the game. And I think because it's become these people's dreams that all they've done is think about beyond survivor for years that they think that nothing is uh, sacred anymore. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of desperate people out there who have been trying to get on since they were kids um, and I'll do anything. And I just, that's just <clears throat> sad and unfortunate. And it has to be that way. You know, there, there's a way to play a game with people. And like I said, just be respectful of the fact that everyone deserves to be there on some level or another. Mm-hmm. There's no need to be be ugly or I don't know. It, it, there's just been more and more stuff on there that kind of upset me. So I stopped watching it. It's, that is completely understandable. I mean, it is a totally different world than when you were on. Yeah. Whatever happened to, you know, focusing on things like, oh, my gosh, it's been raining for seven <laughs> days straight. And the torture that people go through when they can't get out of that tiny little space that's dripping on their head 24 hours a day like there's just so many more fascinating things that happen uh with that mother nature throws at you out there that just don't seem to get focused on anymore it's all about oh I'm gonna stab this person in the back and oh let's blindside this person I'm like you know it's hard that there's no way around it like it is hard to be out there it is miserable You're uncomfortable 24 hours a day. Like there is zero comfort whatsoever. And even if you win a food challenge, now you have to deal with the fact that your stomach is completely trashed. And (laughs) that is a whole nother thing that no one will ever see on TV because it's horribly disgusting. (laughs) But it's like there's just no respite. You know, there's no place to for shelter from any of the discomfort and part of that can drive you a little bit mad and you know I think that's the stuff that's missing that almost madness that happens when you're in the middle of nature and with nowhere to escape and then you have these people that are constantly irritating you around you (laughs) (laughs) um did you get uh in addition to sort of all the the media coverage that you personally got I'm curious about uh how much of a factor at the very beginning people accusing it of being fake was did you get a lot of people accusing uh survivor of all sort of being not authentic oh my gosh no when people saw Australia they thought everything was exactly the way it happened they believed everything they saw they believed everything they heard um and that was part of why I was villainized by the media so easily Mm -hmm. like they literally believed everything for face value um now I think people are much more savvy about well you know that could have been manipulated or changed or whatever but oh my gosh no (laughs) back then everybody (laughs) believed everything do you feel like growing up uh my friends who didn't watch Survivor would say Oh, the, you know, the production is giving them sandwiches during commercial breaks and things like that. Um, but I guess I feel like Mike Scoopin really uh, was the one that made everybody realize how real it was, the conditions and things like that. So when he burned his hands off? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that, you know, oh, gosh, there were 
there were several moments um, in all the seasons I played where you suddenly realize how real it is on, you know, as a participant. Um, that Mike Scoopin thing, definitely in Australia. Um, the storm that hit us in the All-Stars that I swear I thought we were going to die. There's no camera footage of the Saboga tribe because the camera guy ran off there it would the weather was so bad he ran away there was nobody there with us it was this it was so scary um and then in heroes and villains when rob passed out in the woods and i found him you know like moments like that where you're like you know what someone could actually die this is incredibly real yeah yeah and i think that even sometimes uh the players can forget that until something like that happens. <laughs> yeah, and then it becomes almost too real, you know. And then it, there's a level of shock that happens, you know, where you kind of like step outside of yourself and look around and go, "Uh, what have I done? Like, <laughs> what? Why did I sign up to put myself through this?" But you know, it's funny because people still to this day ask me. They're like, "Oh, come on, they're giving you food. Like at the end of the night, you guys go to like some hotel and they give you food." And I'm like, "No." No, not only are they not giving us food, but we don't even have a toothbrush, which, by the way, <laughs> that should be illegal. Like, it causes a lot of dental problems later in your life not to be able to brush your teeth for 38 days. Like, come on. That's that's disgusting. Forget <laughs> combing your hair. Like, I, I had to, like, run my fingers through my hair at least every other day or every third day because I would start getting dreads so bad. Like, <laughs> you shampoo toilet paper no there's no toilet paper like think about that for a second like that's that's real <laughs> yeah do you find that when you look back over your three seasons you're glad that you did all of them absolutely yeah I you know I do get asked that a lot too like do you regret doing it no no I don't it's it's a huge part of my life and um you know even though each season I did for very different reasons um I still feel like it's really changed who I am in a lot of very positive ways and a lot of it was hard to get through at the time there was a lot of um, difficulty especially after the first time I played just trying to figure a way to spin all the negative press and still you know forge forward with my acting career in a very judgmental city um but you know there's certain things that I will never ever take for granted ever my whole life I still I'm not joking this is not even an exaggeration every single night I get into bed um I I bought myself a, a Tempur-Pedic after the all-stars it was very expensive I didn't blink twice when I bought it <laughs> and to this day every single time I get into my bed I am just so grateful uh, it, it's amazing. Like, and in, in, when it rains outside, I am so grateful for having a roof over my head and a way to get warm and the ability to wear dry clothes. If my clothes get wet, like just very basic things. Yeah. Um, it, it does change you. If it doesn't change you, then you're a very callous, shallow person. <laughs> yeah. It's and pretty Amazing. you a better perspective when you travel the world and see different cultures and things like that because you played in an era where you were in three different places when you played now it's always in Fiji 
Um, I know that you were born in Germany. Do you do a lot of world traveling since Survivor? Um, not a whole lot, not as much as I would like. Um, but I do think that more so growing up in Germany really taught me that the world is a huge place. And if you're ever unhappy, just pick up and change your environment. Like it's very, it's so easy to do, even though most people are so fearful of change. Um, I'm an army brat. So I was brought up with that culture, like constantly changing everything about my life every three to five years. Um, so I don't think survivors so much really made that a part of who I am than my upbringing did. You know, I just felt very fortunate, you know, getting to go to places I would never go or wanted to go to like Australia. I'd always wanted to go there, but I mean, let's be real. I didn't see much of Australia. <laughs> I've been back a couple of times since, um, once to Melbourne and also in New Zealand. Um, but uh, there was a time back in the day when people would, you know, fly us around and I got to do some fun things, uh, but not lately. Uh, not lately, but I, I'm also living in a really magical place now. So I'm just enjoying being there. But when I'm done being there, I'll move somewhere else. I, I just, that's just a part of me. Yeah. <laughs> Italy, Italy's that. next. That's the next place cool. I'm going. Plane booked and everything or just decided no, on it? Uh, yeah, I've decided I've got air miles to spend and that's where <laughs> I'm going to go. And I there's certain things I want to do and see and you know, it's a good goal to have. I, I, I love traveling. I do. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I just want to finish with letting everybody know what you're up to. I think, you know, it's important to me that everybody understands that you're a real person who survivor doesn't define your entire life. So what else? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, no. By, you know, it's funny you say that because, um, uh, when I was in LA, it was, uh, my life was very different because I was still like going to auditions and trying so hard to get some kind of uh, regular job in the entertainment business. And it, it just became very, uh, after some point, I don't know, I just got really frustrated with being judged so harshly by people on a daily basis. That's really what started to get to me a little bit. Um, and then I started um, really focusing on cooking and, you know, I put myself through culinary school and I started working as a private chef and I did really well in that field. And then at some point I just got kind of tired of LA. It started to feel like it was closing in around me. Um, and so I left very suddenly. A lot of people were very shocked. Uh, and I moved up to Napa Valley up in Northern California and really just kind of jumped into the whole wine industry. Um, you know, I, I have worked so hard. I've, I literally have, I've never worked this hard in my life since I moved up there. Um, it's, it's a very hard place to be because uh, it's all wine industry related and food industry related, um, two things I'm very passionate about, um, but it's very expensive to live there. So pretty much everyone who lives there has to have two or three jobs. Um, I've been the general manager of a restaurant for a little bit. I was the general manager of a winery, like the busiest winery in Napa Valley for a little bit. 
Um, and now I'm a wine tour guide. I take people out on wine tours and it's the least stressful job I think I've ever had. And so much fun. I, every day I meet groups of people who don't know each other. I take them out on a tour and nine times out of 10, they recognize me from Survivor. Um, sometimes they bring it up. Sometimes they're really shy about it. Um, and then sometimes people are so excited. They can't even stand it. Like the second they get on the bus, they're like, oh, my God, Jerry, is it you? <laughs> and so I've learned, you know, depending on people's reactions, um, you know, how, how the day's going to go. But uh, I never bring it up. I always let other people bring it up. And sometimes I go to work and this is me and I get to just be some anonymous, normal person who's doing wine tours in Napa Valley. It's a really fun and interesting dynamic. Um, and I just, it's, it's fun. And I also sell wine at a winery. Um, it's a really fun little family run business, super, super tiny. I get to like wear my cowboy hats to work and blue jeans and play country music and uh, sell wine. Yeah. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun right now. So that's great. Yeah, I'm just a normal person. <laughs> I just did some very extraordinary things in my life, you know, <laughs> but by no means is survivor. Everything I am not a chance that would be limiting myself way too much. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you have moved past uh, sort of that rough start um, to your career as a public figure, but I, I do hope that you can uh, look back on it and see how many people uh, really admire what a trailblazer you were. <laughs> well, I think your article really just, like I said, it said it so well. It was very, um, very insightful. And I've never once in the entire time I've been in the the public spotlight had anybody who really truly took the time to understand and in a lot of ways empathize what I went through and or put it into words like so I don't even think I put it into words as well as you did so thank you I'm again I just think that was probably the most poignant article I've ever read on my experience it sounds so funny to say that but um I couldn't have written it better myself <laughs> Uh, I, I'm so glad it really was uh, a culmination of things I've been feeling for a long time. So where can we find you on social media or any projects that you're working on that you want people to follow? Um, right now, I've actually been pretty heavily involved in Instagram, and it's Jerry Manthe. Um, you'll see a lot of my food pics. I, I post food all the time. I'm always cooking. It's right now kind of my my main passion. And I don't know where I'm going to go with it next. Um, I don't know. At one point, I wanted a food truck. And then it's very hard to have a food truck in California. But um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, you could probably catch up with me on Instagram. I don't really go on Facebook anymore. That I don't know. It seems it's very different. I'm tired of all the pop-up windows and ads being thrown at me. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I will say... Uh, I'm very happy that I've I've represented myself as who I really am since the very beginning. I've never tried to be anything I'm not. Um, and whether people judged me harshly for that or liked me for it, that's that was never um, a deciding factor on how I was going to act or what I was going to do. And 
I'm I'm very proud of of all the things I've put out into the public. Uh, whether no matter what it was, you know, my my litmus test for anything I do is would my parents be proud of me? And that's how I know if I should take a job or you know, do anything in my life. But yeah, I'm just I I feel very fortunate. I believe me, I have a lot more to do. I don't know what's next. Um I'm still considering getting more involved in the entertainment business again. I think time away was definitely very um, uh, regenerative because L.A. really takes a toll on you. There's got to be something out there because I've, I've been an actor since I was nine years old. That's really my my true passion. I just, you know, I needed a break. <laughs> I needed to find. Really understandable. Um, yeah. It's important, I think, in life to just kind of step back and reassess and try to figure out what's the most important to you and what you're trying to achieve. Maybe set some new goals or revisit some old ones and then just be proactive. You know, life doesn't come to you. You got to go get it. And I always I always tell people, I'm like, you're never going to get something unless you ask for it first. So... That's kind of my life mantra. That, and when it's no longer fun, that's when I'm done. <laughs> I love that. Great advice. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so what are you? So where can I? Where can I find you? What are you doing? What are you up to? Oh well, it's funny you should ask. I'm actually a tour guide at a distillery. Uh, so oh, nice. Of- Which one? Um, it's a women-owned distillery uh, in D.C. where I live called Republic Restoratives. We make whiskey. Awesome. That's um, really which, cool. Yeah, I love that very much. I bartend here and there, and I still write um, uh, a lot about Survivor and about pop culture and other things. And uh, people can follow me on Twitter, at Lita Tweeted, and on uh, Instagram, at Lita Grammed. I sometimes post my my vegan food, but it doesn't look nearly as good as your soups. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I'm doing a challenge right now. I'm trying to come up with as many soups and stews as I can. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great conclusion to um, your, your first cooking foray on Survivor, where you outdid the professional chef making flour cakes. Oh, dear God. Rice. Let's just talk about that. Who can't make rice? Come on. That poor guy. I, I destroyed his his career as a chef. Uh, sorry, Keith. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. I'm sure our listeners will love hearing all of your thoughts on all of this. And thank you so much. We hope to talk to you again. I'd love to. Yeah, anytime. It's been it's been a pleasure. <laughs> That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to the favorite series brought to you by My Entertainment World. Be sure to check out our website, myentertainmentworld.ca, for all the latest articles and podcasts coming from all of our great writers over there. And also follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at myentworld, my ENT world, for all the latest happening there. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, review, rate, all that jazz, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.